Welcome to the Watchers of the Skies program. Here we are at Ashton University. I'm here with my colleague, Dennis Monacrusos. Dennis, how are you today? I'm doing great. Enjoying the weather. Yeah, it's beautiful here at Ashland. We're joined here in the studio by some talented people. Michaela's running the show. To her right is Maddie. We've got Logan on camera, Will on camera, Jonathan in the back. And, you know, when you think about Ashland University, we are perfectly situated, not just between Cleveland and Columbus, but some literally say that if you were to map out the United States as a human body, <laughs> that the very heart would be here in Ashland. What do you think about that, Dennis? I'm wondering, is there like some trivia source that you extract I, these nuggets from each week? You know, I, I can't give you all of my secrets, but the reality <laughs> is we know if we, we're not at the heartbeat, we're somewhere close by. We are the world headquarters for nice people. And, you know, we are two of the most dangerous men in America. I, I don't know if you've read that online, but you know, the truth is what makes us dangerous is we're not afraid to confront tough ideas. That's what we do on Watchers of the Skies. The skies are sort of modern culture. We're the Watchers of the Skies, the title of our podcast taken from a John Keats poem about the wonder of learning and education and something new. And the reality is, Dennis, you know, it feels like sometimes in our culture that things have become monolithic in the way one should think and the way one needs to talk. There are so many codes about behavior and speech that if you don't fall in line, you get doxxed and canceled and all the rest. I agree completely with you because you are my boss after all. <laughs> no, you are independently funded. And so it's one of the reasons why you're free to speak. And you know, that's one of the five core values at Ashton University. And we mean this sincerely. We think academic freedom is so important so that people can have the freedom to think differently. And that's why we say that we are teaching students how to think and not what to think. And even the views expressed on this program are certainly not ones that we would force upon students in the studio or anywhere else. But if you're listening to the show, if you're watching us on AUTV20, we invite you to participate. Not only do we want you to like the show and share it with others, but also write to us at president at ashland.edu. can ask questions of Dennis, not of me. Dennis <laughs> is the uh, answer man for the show. And we'll be happy to uh, engage in those questions. We'll have to do a show where all we do is answer questions. We're trying to get at something that relates to something personal, Dennis. These are bank accounts. The idea that one might wake up or, or receive a letter from a banking institution and say, I'm sorry, but we're closing your credit card accounts. And I'm going back to a rather notorious letter that Michael Flynn put on, I think Twitter, was it on Twitter yeah, perhaps? He put it out, you know, he bl blacked out some evidence and and then right. chase basically wrote that there was reputational risk mm -hmm. involved and so as a result they are closing that account and that other accounts might follow right yeah that's that's worrisome now they did re they did undo this ah, you're right so just made a mistake yeah but but there are other examples of that too so um uh lauren witzker another witzka i should say a uh, Republican political candidate had her accounts um, closed by Wells Fargo hmm. in 2020. So there's more than one example of this. And did they also write similar kinds of things about reputational risk or something she had I, done? I, I looked said, it up. I didn't see I didn't them give know. specifics on, on that in that case. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not that they, of course, took the money, but but in her case, I guess she was kind of stranded. So she was somewhere away from home and couldn't access her her financial right. resources to, to get there. So it was kind of scary was, in a way. Yeah. You know, not that it's necessarily material, but 
you know, they looked more closely at the blacked out portion of the letter from Flynn and said it, it wasn't addressed to him, but probably his well, wife. Maybe his wife, right. right. And so I don't know that it really is material because it's clearly her, you know, right. connection to Mike. Michael Flynn that uh, led to that action. But, you know, this was pretty prominent in Canada for a while and still. Well, yeah, the, the truckers, uh, right. when they had the dispute a few months back over the, the COVID policy for the truckers, yeah, they, I don't, I don't know if they merely threatened or they actually did. Actually did. Um, yeah, they, they closed these accounts. Right. And of course, how did the truckers respond? Kept going. Yeah, they kept going and they went yeah. out into the streets. You know, they right. had these uh, protests and boy, when a protest involves an 18 wheeler, it, uh, it gets, <laughs> gets uh, folks attention. But see, again, Dennis, so often in our conversations, we're talking about what is one entitled to express and then what is the role of others to speak into these things. It's funny because I'm going to quote from, you know, uh, an interview that, and this was actually PayPal's chief that talked about how their values lead them to not interact with certain people and organizations. And let's be clear, we're not saying that in every case there is no, under no conditions, should a bank account be frozen. But I think just looking at some of his language, I think is interesting. He's asked the question, what values does PayPal as a company identify with today? And Shulman answers, probably the most important value to us is diversity and inclusion. And that's because our mission is to democratize financial access for all citizens so that managing and moving money is a right for everybody, not a privilege for the affluent. Which, yeah, <laughs> seems, I mean, if We're, we're anything, democratizing financial access by preventing these people who disagree with us from having financial access. Well, see, you, you went right to, to that point because it yeah. just feels like, I'm, I'm just trying to jive that with what it is to open a PayPal account, right, and to manage it. Is that an affluent right? Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know exactly what's in my PayPal account today, but it's definitely under $1,000. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, that he, he may be raising an issue that doesn't exist. Right. Now, well, the issue he raises is certainly important, yeah. but... Well, just, just to kind yeah. of jump on that for a second. Sure. I mean, it's not that you necessarily have money in your account, but for me, for instance, I right. mean, I, I give chess lessons, right. and I get paid through PayPal. Good point. So if PayPal and Venmo and all the other organizations that Decided. perform the same sort of service decide that I'm persona non grata, well, that makes it extremely inconvenient for me. Mm -hmm. and, and then, let's say, they write me checks, but Chase decides, you know what, we don't like your account either. What do I do? Right. I mean, are people going to stuff envelopes of cash in the mail to, to pay me in that case? That would be a problem. Right. So it's, it's not just, ha-ha, I don't have much money in my PayPal account, but for some people, that's, that's how they get paid. Sure. So it can be a very big deal. I agree. And I think the way money is moved worldwide, while I would not link it necessarily to the affluent, I think this is another issue. And I think it does deserve a, an appropriate oversight because I think about cartels. I think about right. all sorts of bad actors in this space. You know, I know that folks who have worked particularly in third world countries talk about the fact that if you follow the way money is managed and moved in those countries and restrict some of that, you can curtail some practices that are obviously at odds with values that we would all find important. Right. No, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, pornographers and there are plenty of right. other people who engage in human trafficking, which is yes. often linked to pornography. Right. Um, Right. So it's, it's not that there should be or, or that, that the idea of, of these, these groups refusing to work with some people or some organizations doesn't make sense. There are cases 
even if it's not necessarily criminal, but where it's, it's really kind of on the border, it's very seamy, we think, well, that's okay. Uh, I mean, it at least makes sense. We can, we can understand that. Um, I mean, we're, we're doing something like this with, with Russia, hmm. right? I mean, we're seizing yes. we're, you know, their, their uh, accounts of theirs that are being closed, and they're not allowed to have access to them. We've done that with Middle Eastern countries as well. So it's not that necessarily all the people in those countries uh, have done something illegal, but as a statement of policy, uh, because we're trying to affect change there, we do that. And by and large, the citizenry is okay with that. Right, so it's balancing the freedom even of organizations like PayPal to make those decisions. You know, one of the things that their chief goes on to talk about is that they decided not to do business in North Carolina when North Carolina made a decision about you know, certain issues that were social issues for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, he goes on to say businesses need to be a force for good in those values and issues that they believe in. No, we wouldn't disagree with that statement. It's the way you define good, right? This is the way PayPal defines good. This, these are the issues that are important to them. So if, if they cancel, as it were, an entire state based upon something like that, Shouldn't they have a right to do so? Well, I'm going to be a bit more of a ruthless capitalist and say, <laughs> no, they don't have a duty to be a force for good. I think they, they maybe have a duty not to be a force for evil. Mm. But I'm not sure that I would agree. I mean, they, I think it's up to them. They can decide to do so. But I'm interested in PayPal transferring my money uh, to and from. Uh, I'm not interested in their promoting causes I don't like or causes that I do like. So it's, I don't expect them to be anything but a business that performs what it's supposed to. And again, I, I, I think they have a right to, to do those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, it's popular in some circles to, to think, ah, this, these companies are doing X, which I don't like. So bad, they should just be in business to be in business. Right. But then we stick up for, let's say, on, on the right, right? So these are typically concerns that are more associated with the left. But on the right, we stick up for Jack Phillips, mm. who refused to bake a cake um, that would celebrate um, a gay wedding, or for Baronel Stutzman, the florist who, again, refused to, to, to make a floral arrangement for, for a gay wedding, right? And we think, well, you know, they're, they're acting according to their conscience, and good for them, right? Um, these other groups, you know, or their customers can find plenty of other people to, to, to satisfy their, their, their desires there. Right. But with these companies, we... Oh no, this is this is no good. So it's kind of tough. Now, a difference is if you've got a monopoly or if you have a cartel. Sure. And there's no way right. that you can do this, right? right? Then that's a big problem. That's a problem. Like you said, if it's not PayPal, then you go to Venmo. Right. And so does the industry then shift? Will new organizations be formed that have different values exactly. that might align with yours and your chess students in this right. case, and then they'd send you the money right. on that or, or be just brutal capitalists, right, right, who just say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to avoid things that are illegal, but other than that, we don't care what your politics are. We're here to provide a service and to make money for, for ourselves and for our investors, and let's go. You know, some would say that the word brutal is a superfluous modifier. Well, I would not be one of them. I, but would, yes, not. Yeah. I would not either, but I, yeah. you know what I'm getting at there. <laughs> Capitalism by its very nature is brutal uh, along, along those lines, and that's why it relies on folks sure. to have values that underlie those. But I think you, know, I, you make a good point here, this whole idea. We have a business school here at Ashland. We think the ethical part of it is really important. So, yes, profit, profit and loss is really important. 
And I think it's one of the things that's changed so much about business. Business ethics has raised, mm -hmm. has been raised in terms of cultural expectations, but those ethics even are then transmuted into certain ways, right? So your ethics almost always deal with sustainability. So if a business isn't talking about sustainability, for instance, then it's not seen as delivering ethical practices. The way they're treating employees, all of these things become right. linked to worldview. And, and we did a podcast on that yep. as well. I don't remember how long ago, but we, we, we covered it. Yes. And as always, when we cover a topic, it's, it's done forever. Settled. That's right, it's, it's finished. <laughs> just the opposite. Life is complicated. So I, I, I guess the question that arises is, if this practice proliferates, then is that simply what we're, we're going to see, Dennis? Is that other, certain institutions will allow for this? You know, Bank of America will you know, allow for it, and you know, another national bank would say no. You know, uh, is that what the horizon will be about? Or do you think this is just a one-off, there are a few of these cases, and we will not see this kind of thing proliferate? I, I would like to say that it's just, let's say, uh, an overreaction to the perceived excesses of the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. uh, because both of the people that we were referring yes. to were, oh, one, Flynn worked for Trump, right. and the, um, the candidate, um, I forget her name, um, Lauren, Lauren Witzke, I think, mm -hmm. is I believe also kind of a, a Trump, Trump follower. So if that's right, I mean, you might think that, but it seems like it's, it's encroaching a bit. But, We'll have to kind of wait and see how it, how it shakes out. What would be nice is if the, uh, the specter of, let's say, genuine competition gets these, these companies to kind of pull back and, and uh, moderate more in the direction of brutal capitalism, <laughs> so-called. Yeah. Well, and I think you look at organizations like AARP and that there were concerns around some of the worldview practices, et cetera, sure. right? And so other organizations arise as competitors or others. You know, we've talked, as, as you said, about the way dollars are invested for individuals, for colleges and universities, and you know, some of these practices, we, we didn't reference this in particular, but if the money manager has a specific view of, say, the way oil and gas are used, mm -hmm. or something about Middle Eastern relation, uh, you know, relations between Israel and Palestine, for instance, then divestiture and other issues are raised, and they actually spend your money to further those social causes. You know, these are issues that I think will prevail. So I guess part of what I'm most concerned about is it does feel like we're continuing to diverge around these worldview ideas separate businesses, right? Did you ever think, so there's an alternative for Facebook, there'll be an alternative for PayPal, for AARP, where does this end? And it's like, do you shop at that store? Oh my goodness, you know, you've, you've been outed then, you know, the idea that you subscribe to the New York Times, I've heard this, right? If you subscribe to the New York Times, you've simply betrayed any conservative values. Have, you know, you've heard this sort of sure. thinking. Oh yeah. And I think this is the concern that I have, that now we literally have bought into this cultural divide where that's what it's going to be. The way you shop, the way you think, the way you bank, and where you go to school, right? We believe that great choices for college students is really important, we do. And we think that the experience of what you learn to do, the, the knowledge, the skills, and the attitudes are all important. We think character development is really important. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't want it 
to become the sort of thing that I can't go to Ashland or I can't go here because, you know, they fall into the spectrum of beliefs. You know, I, I right. think instead, you know, that students should be able to look at the entire university experience and decide what's right for them. And, how you know, let's get away from these divides and, right. and, and though, find ways to... Though in this case, it's not that the, um, these individuals are saying, oh, I couldn't bake with Chase. It's Chase right. saying, you can't bake, you can't with, bake us. with us. Right. So. But it's just a matter of time. You kind of yeah. wonder if Chase did lose some business as a result, right? Did the, the Flynn's putting right. that out there lead some to say, well, wait a minute. If, the, if Chase is saying sure. that to my friend, the Flynn's, right. I'm well, out And too. I looked at that on Twitter where I saw that, and I scrolled down through the comments, and lots of people saying, goodbye, Chase. You know. There you go. Yeah. So I think that's you know, where, where this plays out. You know, I think more than anything, I, I like to go back to your comment. You know, I know you were half teasing about brutal capitalism, but I think this idea of how can you hold opposing views and understand, hey, listen, we're a banking institution. And yes, there are some people that have bank accounts. Do you think Michael Flynn was the worst actor that, uh, you know, you know what I'm getting at? Right. There are folks who with bank accounts with Chase that you don't want to know the unspeakable things sure. they're involved in. <clears throat> so I think that's where you kind of come in to say, let's be Sweden, as it were, in this regard. We're a banking institution, for gracious sakes. Right. We're not going to overstep from that perspective. Right. I mean, and it's ridiculous, too. I mean, this, this reputational uh, Risk. concern. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, who thinks, oh, my gosh. Michael Flynn banks, banks at Chase. Chase. I mean, first of all, how would anyone know that? Sure. You know, and then, oh, gee, you know, I, we, let's take, pull our money out and stop investing in, in, in Chase. All it took was one photo of his wife using the Chase card at a gas station, and bam, it was on. Uh, I'm not sure that's how it happened, but we, we do. We live in a world where everything in our lives is public, Dennis, and so I think uh, it, it would not surprise me to know that people are making these associations. I think it's the way we push back, right? Uh, we do it at Ashland in a civil manner, but we say, listen, we don't think it's legitimate for someone to, to allow their political or personal views to be a way for uh, them to be doxxed or canceled, and or even in this right. case, for a business to say, we're not doing business with you. From that perspective, as we talked about before, hey, listen, if you're using those dollars to traffic children, to right. traffic at all, right? right? So these right. are completely legitimate uh, and, and that gets back to where do you draw the line? How do you make that call? Right. Here we go. We're, we're, at, the end of, no, yeah, we're at the end of that discussion. And I, I think this is one of those you, we might revisit in time. Right. My thought is I have not really seen this proliferate in the same way that we saw in, in some Canadian venues. I really don't believe that this will become a substantive issue in the U.S. And that's my hope, that we won't see other banks or financial institutions take this tack but instead that, if not for right. sa the sake of brutal capitalism, well, but just well, in terms of fairness. I would say PayPal has done more of the deplatforming than, let's say, the banks have. So, yes. So maybe not at the, uh, the most august traditional financial institutions, but with, it's with PayPal, it, it has happened more than just this one or two times. And um, anyway, there, there does seem to be kind of a punitive element to it, unfortunately. Sure. Well, we'll see how this uh, plays out. We thank our audience for joining us again. We're here at Ashland University in the studios of AUTV21. We're the Watchers of the Skies. We'll keep watching. Please join us again for the Watchers of the Skies program. We'll check in with you next time.